are listening to a podcast from C3 Church Wallandilly. For more episodes and information, please visit our website at c3wc.com forward slash Wallandilly or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash C3 Wallandilly. Thanks, Pastor Terry. Wow. Proud moment for me as the leader of our worship and creative teams. How good were they? I've been, I've been sick at home all week. Man, it's been the worst. I've had antibiotics. and Man, those guys did all of that on their own. How good was that? I'm out of a job. How good is it? just want to thank our pastors for letting me come and share the word. What a great privilege it is to share the word at our Christmas celebration. It's like the grand final, right? So we got like Christmas and Easter and every other. But you know what? The more I study this word, the more I understand that the grand final is every day. God is calling us to share this word every day. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you so much for the gift of your son. I thank you that uh, you've sent him. You sent him into this world and in a way that we didn't expect, in a way that did not make sense. God, I thank you that he is here, he's Emmanuel, God with us, and that through him all people are saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I guess when you're preparing your sermon, you should probably compare notes with the other people that are going to read stuff in the service, because everything that's been read is what I'm preaching out of. How amazing is that? Same thing happened last week with Pastor Rowan, so I reckon maybe the Holy Spirit's telling us something. Maybe he's telling us something. This time of year, we get so caught up in the festivities, right? We get caught up in, in celebrations and candy canes and Santa and work Christmas parties and all of that kind of stuff. But sometimes it's, it's best to just slow down and just take note of what it is that we're actually celebrating because um, there are so many people around the world that don't have material things to celebrate with but they do have the hope that is Jesus Christ and they're able to celebrate. We are celebrating the one who came into the world to save sinners and the title of my message tonight, or today, sorry, is A Light is Dawned. A Light has Dawned and it's the greatest gift that anyone could ever receive, the light that is the hope of Jesus Christ. We all... We're just going about our lives this year in 2020. And then all of a sudden, we, we heard of this new thing. It's called COVID-19. We were all going about our lives. We all had plans. We all had things that we were going to do this year. And uh, COVID-19 came and some lost jobs, some lost homes, some lost relationships, some lost loved ones, some lost hope, some lost vision, some lost purpose, like my mum and my brother-in-law, they live on the northern beaches and they've been interrupted this week again and we keep seeing interruptions but let me tell you that in the midst of interruption, God is in control and he has a purpose for you and for your life. There is not a loss of hope in the midst of interruption because God is our hope and all the way throughout the Bible, like I was sharing with our team this morning, There is interruption after interruption after interruption. And the only thing that 
separates those heroes in the Bible to us sometimes is that in the midst of the interruption, they're still obedient. In the midst of the interruption, they still worship. In the midst of the interruption, they still say, here I am, God, send me, use me. See, just after over 2,000 years ago, a young woman named Mary, as we read this, this morning, she was interrupted in Luke chapter 1, 26 through to 38. Since we've read it, I'll just recap the story. An angel came to Elizabeth and told her she was going to have a baby and came to Elizabeth's husband and said, you're going to have a baby. And he's like, how am I going to have a baby? I'm really old. And she's barren. There's no way that's going to happen. And he, his mouth was shut up. He wasn't able to speak until the day that the baby was born and everyone's outside the tent going, yeah, you're the boss. Go and name the baby. And he came out with a name that was not one of his family names, which was really taboo. That wasn't done. And he named the kid John. John was a really plain name. Like it wasn't, wasn't one of honor, it wasn't one of prestige, but it was one of purpose. And he named the baby John. And then young Mary, um, an angel comes to Mary and says, you're going to have a baby. And she goes, oh, I don't even know a man, so how am I going to have a baby? I'm betrothed to this guy, but we can't have a baby because that's not allowed. He'd, I'd get stoned to death and probably him too. Um, how am I going to know, how am, how am I going to become a mother? But she also says, Be it unto me, as you have said, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. Now, I want us to take stock of what it means for a young, maybe 13, 14-year-old girl at that time. We don't know exactly how old Mary was, but it, it stands to reason she was quite young. What does it mean for a young woman of that age to have a baby out of wedlock? It's pretty serious. It's not, uh, I don't think it would have been on her five-year plan, you know, like, oh, by the time I'm 13, I want to be a mom, and, you know, I, I want, you know, the king of that time to try and kill my baby. I want to go and live in Egypt, you know, where I know nobody, um, where I'm actually just a nobody. I, I, and then, you know, I want to marry this guy, Joe, who doesn't even know if I'm the guy, you know. It, it is not on her five-year plan. So, eight months pregnant. To all the mothers out there, eight months pregnant. So, think back to that. I, even the fathers, I remember what it was like when my wife was eight month, months pregnant. My life was terrible. <laughs> no, no. It, eight months pregnant, and, and okay, so the Caesar, Augustus, he's like, all right, everyone go back to your hometown. I'm going to count all of you because I want to know how great I am and how many people I have, and I'm going to get you all to go. And so they go, eight days journey, eight days journey, 10 miles a day, so 16 kilometers per day, and I can't, that's like how many thousand steps? That's a lot of steps, and we, you know, you guys count steps, it's probably more than 10,000, it's probably close to the 40,000 steps. And, and, they, and she's eight months pregnant. I remember she didn't want to walk from the kitchen to the bedroom or vice versa. Like she didn't want to walk anywhere, let alone 16 kilometers in a day, eight times. Only so they could go and check their name off a box and then go home again for some king that they didn't even worship. So it wasn't on their five-year plan. 
Today, I want to tell you that even in the midst of the interruption of their lives, God had a plan. And in the, in, in the interruption of your life, God has a plan. In the interruption of Christmas, God has a plan. In the interruption of bushfires and sickness and disease and, and economic, economic trial, God has a plan for you and for your life. You may not see it. It may feel like a lot of hard work. You may feel hopeless. But God has a plan in the middle of interruption. So they went up, and they, they did what they had to do. And on the way, they stopped in a town called Bethlehem, and they didn't stop just to chill. They stopped because the water broke. It was time. It was time. And I remember what it was like at four in the morning. It's time. And like, whoa, here we go. 24 hours later, we had a baby. And I was like, that was a long 24 hours. That couch was really uncomfortable to sleep on. <laughs> I'm sure my wife was uncomfortable too. (laughs) Mary and Joe had no intention of having their baby in a place where animals fed. They had no intention. They they would have had all of these plans. I remember the plans that we had. And our babies came early. Our babies were three and a half weeks early every both times. And we're like, what? Not time. But it is time. It's not time. But it's time. What an interruption. But God had a plan. God had a plan in the middle of that interruption. When the shepherds who were minding their flocks, they were just minding their own business, and then all of a sudden all these angels appeared, and they're like, interrupted. God had a plan in the middle of that interruption. The innkeeper, he was interrupted. He was like, I've got nowhere to put you, but you're in labor. We need to do something here. How about the stable? It was an interruption. Three wise men, they're just... Gazing at stars. And then they see these really bright ones. They're like, that's the one we've been waiting for. They were interrupted. It's so interrupted that they took a massive journey to go and see this king. God had a plan. 700 years before this night, God had a plan. In Isaiah 7:14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Micah 5 verse 2, But to you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. God had a plan 700 years before this. To David, he promised that he would bless all mankind through his line, through Abraham. He blessed all mankind through Noah. He promised, he promised. In Genesis 3.15, we read, as he rebukes the serpent and he says that there will be one who will come. He will be born of the woman. He will crush your head and you will only get to strike him on the heel. God had a plan from the beginning. John 1.1, in the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was w- God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things have been made. Without him, nothing has been made that is made. And it says, goes on to say that the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And this is the moment that we see the Word becoming flesh, a baby in a manger. God, the most 
magnificent being in the world becoming the most fragile being in the world. Humble, reliant, also that he could die one day for you. You may feel like you're lost. You may feel like 2020 has broken you. You may feel like there's no hope. But there's a light shining in the darkness. This light has dawned. His name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. God has come down and he made his dwelling with us. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. And right now, he's asking for you to open your heart and say, Jesus, I give you my life. And that's the start that's the start. There is so much to learn about Jesus. This book is never ending. I never stop learning from this book. But it all starts with one phrase, Jesus, I give you my life. I come and I worship you. O come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Jesus, I give you my life. The rest of the conversation will follow, and we here at C3 Picton, we want to help you follow Jesus. But first, we want you to say, Jesus, I give you my life. 2020 has broken me. I can't find the hope, but I've heard that you are the hope, Jesus, and I give you my life. So if that's you, if you want to give him your life right now, I'm going to give you that opportunity. So we're just going to close our eyes. We're going to bow our heads, and I'm going to ask you, if you want to give Jesus your life, if you want to find hope in him, all you have to do quickly is put your hand up, I'll see it, put it back down. If you want to give Jesus your life, that's amazing. I see a couple of hands and we're going to pray a prayer very soon. And Jesus will come and he will become the hope that's in your life. And there are people here in this service that, man, it's, it's their lifelong goal to teach people about Jesus. I'm one of them, and we're going to help you follow him. If you've once worshipped in, in one way, if you, if you once have found your hope in Jesus, but you've found that this year your hope has sometimes wavered or your hope is lost, right now I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If this year your hope is wavered or your hope is lost, I'm going to ask you right now, raise your hand. Okay, everyone's standing. We're going to say a prayer together. And I'm going to invite my beautiful little girl to come sing a song with me as well. This is the start of this journey. It starts with at the line of faith, right? So right now we're standing at the line and you're standing at the, I don't believe line. No, I don't believe. But right now you're letting go of that. And you're, you're clinging on. And you're like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. But I, I've heard about this Jesus. I've heard that he's the hope of mankind. And, and I'm, I'm going to take the step and step over the line of faith. And I'm going to say, Jesus, I give you my life. And let's work it out together. All right? So right now, with every head bowed, every eyes closed, just say this prayer after me. Jesus. I give you my life. I want to follow you. Help me follow you. Amen.
Thanks for listening today. For more episodes and information, please visit our website at c3wc.com forward slash Wallandilly or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash c3wallandilly.